You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real and filtered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. My name is Mindy Chang, and I'm your host for this very last episode of 2018. Oh my lord, it is here. And I'm really, really excited for this episode. Welcome to my virtual living room. Thank you for joining. If you're a new listener, welcome. So glad that you're here. Seriously, I'm thrilled. I'm finally coming up out of my dark abyss of a hole that I've been in. But if you're returning, uh, if you're a returning listener, you guys, I'm coming out of my dark abyss of a hole. <laughs> um, maybe not completely, but we're on our way up. And this episode's really special to me. Um, I'm glad that we made it happen because we're closing out the year and I've been wanting this to happen. My special guest for this week is Marvin Yue. <laughs> Hi, Marv. Hello. You guys have heard me say thank you to Marv every freaking week, every episode, and he's finally here, you guys. I've always been here. You've always been here. I love what you've done with the place. Oh, thank you. This is your place. <laughs> your virtual living room. My virtual room. living room. I love your virtual couch. I've started decorating more. Your virtual, is it Crate and Barrel or is it virtual? I can't uh, afford Crate and Barrel. It's Ikea virtual, that's repurposed. Uh, what's, what's the more um, rustic Crate and Barrel? Uh... Pottery Barn. Is it Pottery Barn? Is it Crate and Barrel? I don't know. Both of those don't feel on brand for me. Hardware? I'm probably more of like a cost plus world market. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that, is that better than or, or worse than Ikea? Um, I don't know. IKEA? I'm going for accuracy. <laughs> I love Ikea too. Yes. All the things. I'm eclectic, more. <laughs> Didn't you know? Oh, so you're like um, picked up off the street of like Mission... I could, I could totally, I could totally get a crate from like you know downtown Los Angeles and and spray paint it. You know, when I was in college, we picked up a couch from the street and Are you we cleaned it. And as we we're cleaning it, a lizard. That ran is out. absolutely disgusting. Okay, a lizard's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. A rat or like? Oh no! You don't know what you brought in. That's so nasty. <laughs> we brought in a couch. That's such a, a perfectly fine couch that was on the street. To be completely sexist, that's such a boy thing to do. <laughs> I would have like a, what do you call it, a big thing of alcohol. Just Well, we were also cat sitting, so our cat decided to hunt the lizard. So we caught it eventually. Oh my, oh my, oh my God. Okay. Anyway, for this last episode of First of All, I wanted to, A, just have Marvin on the podcast. This guy is an amazing podcaster and he's going to be able to plug all his stuff because he hosts multiple podcasts. Marvin's the shining light. I've given him so many shout outs because he's the reason this one that we're talking on exists. <laughs> Um, he's the one who really encouraged me, planted the seed and watered how it. Long? For how long did I push you? For a long time. <laughs> how long did you push me? At least two years. Yeah, at least two years. Yeah. And we had at least two years of weekly podcasting for a collaboration, for a collabcast. If any of you guys want to hop on over there and listen to us speak with Asian American creatives and learn about becoming a professional artiste. Yeah, we've been on hiatus for a while. We have. Been neglecting that side of the, the we podcast. Have. We're regrouping right now. <laughs> that is what exactly, that's a great segue, Mark. And thank you. Um, to get to the topic of this week's conversation is that I'm calling this episode the Keep On Keeping On podcast because Marvin to me is a partner in good. Um, he's like my Ron Swanson to my Leslie Nope. <laughs> and Marvin and I have been through the trenches. We've been in the trenches and we've gone through like wars and battles together. 
um, keeping collaboration as a nonprofit alive, keeping like just morale high in the the you know staff, the volunteer staff that we managed, um, creating the podcast that we did. Marvin really can take all the credit for that because it's like what 180 episodes weekly. Almost 190. 190 yeah, almost 190, which is absolutely insane. Like I just cannot express how how much of an achievement that is for anything to have that kind of consistency. And just as people, like Marvin's my friend. And we we've duked it out to well, mainly me duking, but <laughs> we've also had to just go through a lot of personal triumphs and trials together. So I thought It'd be perfectly fitting for me to drag Marvin onto my podcast <laughs> to talk about how to keep going when the going gets tough. How do you feel about that, Marvin? <laughs> um, I mean, is there any other option? <laughs> I mean, I guess you can give up. You could. I thought about giving up a couple times. Have you? Mm. Okay. Well, okay. First of all, I want to preface this is that we are going to be really honest in this conversation. Marvin, I had a little pep talk before we started recording. And my goal with this conversation is, with all conversations, is to be real. Now, I can lean on the side of optimism, but for whatever reasons, I, I'm actually at a point in my life where I don't really want to sugarcoat anything anymore. Though I still do lean on the side of optimism. Because <laughs> I like to end with hope. Um we're going to get real is what I'm saying. So, and I'm just creating that space because I want Marvin to feel okay with like, Minji always wants everything to be, ah, ah. <laughs> and I don't, I want things to be honest. I mean, <laughs> we've had podcasts before where we had the trash because Minji broke down in tears in the middle of recording. So we don't always That happened how many times? <laughs> oh, I would get mad. I totally forgot. This is a survival thing, Marv. I forget. <laughs> You poor thing. <laughs> Marvin's had to endure the trauma of recording with me and then editing my stuff. <laughs> well, there was a there was a time when and I'm and now I'm airing out your your past. Uh, you're fine. Your past. I do that myself, um, so you're fine. When I, I think it was when you were still kind of not fully. You wanted to be an actress uh-huh. so bad, but you were in this like fog of like self-doubt uh-huh. and we were talking about i think we were talking about asian american representation as we do uh-huh. and talking about <laughs> and i was laying out like okay like from the corporate perspective this is how they make decisions right through data and when there's no data then there's nothing like then they only have a smaller sample size yeah and then that's why they go with scar johansson i think this is during the scar johansson debacle of ghost in the show i remember the time i don't know where this yeah. conversation is going so i'm so intrigued and i think you Maybe took it a little personally, uh huh, and then like got super angry. <laughs> when do I do that? And, and like we had to like we had to re we had to like stop. I want to hear. Do you still over. have that file? I might still have. Oh that my file. dear God! I need to hear that. That's really funny. What did I get so mad about? I think it was just the fact that like how can corporations be so heartless? I try so hard, <laughs> or something like that. Like. Um, it was. It was just oh like. It, I think you were just having an existential crisis about how like power works in the world. Yeah. And um, you well, know. that's a rarity. Um, <laughs> I kn- that never happened. <laughs> it did, Except every other it day. Didn't happen. We can erase this. It no, did, no, no. It didn't happen because it was never published. Yeah. If something's no, never published, does it even exist? I might have does kept it? it for blackmail purposes, but <laughs> um, or to play at your wedding. So. <laughs> Uh, or when you get famous. See, see, I won't have anything on tape. We can't audio visual, but you can hear me. 
cursing and being ridiculous. Um, I mean, there's parts like that, and there's also parts where you don't break down, but we're also very like emotional, angry, such as like the podcast recorded like the day after the election. Oh, what did I say? Uh, we I just, don't remember these. We were just really sad. Yeah, we were. I think I, I remember there being moments we of like, like the world sucks. We're just like, let's stop. <laughs> um, <laughs> stop recording. So one of our, my one of our friends who's been on the collabcast with us, um, Han Nguyen, she is the um, I think she's the TV editor for IndieWire. Um, she um, listened to all of our all of she binged our like first hundred or so episodes. Oh, that poor woman! And she was listening. She was saying it. Yeah, I was listening to you guys talk about the election, the upcoming election. And I was just bracing myself for when it actually hits. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that go? And she was like, yeah, you guys reacted as I thought you would. Well, that was the honest reaction. This is the this is the beauty and the misery of of honest conversations. I'm personally, I will be, I'm already very grateful that I have this on record. Do you mm. know what I mean? I can listen to this when I'm 80, if I live to be that long. And I don't really care to, but like at this rate, like I'm fine. But if I am, I can listen <laughs> and be like, oh, back when Marvin and I were in, in our 30s and just like talking about the dumpster fire of the world. I think we were still in our 20s back then. Oh, were we? Yeah. Ew, that's so long. Well, no, aw. I was in my 30s. I just turned 30, probably. Okay, so I was, oh, a little youngster. Yeah. Dang, we did a lot of episodes. Yeah. What I really would want is our uh, conversation on Mad Max on tape, but we don't oh, have that. Wait, did you keep that? That's no, that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. That was probably the worst one. I I I am sorry. Still, over like the dumbest thing. I'm still sorry, yeah. Marv. No, it's <laughs> now my I'm fault on, too. And I'm on record. <laughs> it's recorded. I I I ripped Marvin a new one for like encouraging me to watch Mad Max, the new one yeah. with Tom Hardy. Quote with Tom Hardy, who barely in it. <laughs> But um, yeah, I was not so much a fan of it. And poor Marvin, he was so like excited for me to watch it. And I hated it. I was really like angry about it. Yeah. But I still love you. You're my friend. <laughs> we like different things. We figured this out. And then we figured it out. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay when your friends... Like, this is what the internet should learn is it's okay. Like Different people like different things. Yeah. Just because someone likes something that you hate does not make them a terrible person. I concur. It may make them like, you know, have trash really taste. Really bad taste. But, you know, everyone... <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. No, really, really, honestly, with Marvin, it, and this, this is something I learned. I've, I've mentioned this about collaboration, that collaboration taught me to work because we all cared about this one bigger thing, which was Asian American representation. And the way that we th- saw that being developed and playing out, being funded, and who would be the spokespeople, et cetera, right? Yeah. Who we put on stage and how that ends up looking is such a different, like every person had their own interpretation of it. And then for us as leaders, for us to find harmony between us and then to lead other people, like literally a hundred plus volunteers who are waiting for our direction is really challenging. And then to figure out where we stand on that, how to, you know, guide us. It's, it's, a, it's been a lot. Yeah. So I'm just, what I'm saying is kudos to us. <laughs> we need a little pat on the back. You know, like Minji and I are kind of we have we have different personalities, um, but similar like ways that we um, find meaning in life, which is like we're the people like we're the we're the we're the, like to be perfectly blunt, we're the suckers. <laughs> Are we that um, that are willing to put in the work for less because it should be it needs to be done? Right? I agree. Um, because if I was a smarter person, I I, I probably wouldn't be doing this job. <laughs> We're the martyrs. Yeah, 
and for the purpose for the cause and part of it is just like our just it's just how we're wired i think there's something my my grad school professor actually taught said about me to to my friend who then related to me which is that like um like I'm the type of person who lives outside of myself, which is like, I will take care of everyone else around me before I take care of myself. And that is something I have advocated strongly against. (laughs) But yeah, no, I you're also the same way. Do I? I feel like I'm, well, that's funny because when I look at myself, I look at myself as pretty selfish. Mm. Maybe that's, and this is, this is the process. Well, I mean, in the way that you want everyone else around you to like, also like to be the way that you want them to be. Yeah, that's true. I'm very Leslie Nope. This is why mm. I, I resonated so strongly with her as soon as I watched Parks and Rec. I was like, oh, dear God, <laughs> she's me and I am her. Mm. Um, no, but see, well, that's a, this is this is also the difference between Marv and me is that I, again, lean optimistic and Marvin can be very like realist slash pessimistic slash cynical. But there's really a lot of value in that. I learned a lot about preparing for the worst. You have to think of, you can't just think everything's going to be sunshine and roses and envision like, you know. <laughs> The grand You learned that from me for like being your no person. Yeah. And that's important. That's why I think we were good partners, even though it was like really frustrating at times because I, I didn't like somebody raining. We literally would fight where I'd be like, don't rain on my parade. Like, I'm just trying to put out like my vision and you're just already telling me what all the challenges are going to be. But that's what a good partner should be able to do. It was just we had to find our groove and mm. me to like learn how to get out of like off my unicorn you know my pegasus and just like get on earth for a second which is true and so and this is the thing i don't think in in a negative aspect we can say we're the suckers but on on the other hand i look at those people a lot when they start helping themselves that they can go from being the suckers to being like the heroes there are people that do work that is sometimes very thankless but I think that out of doing that work, A, you learn how to do things with the right intentions, with integrity, with substance, and then you like learn your value and then you grow out of that, right? Mm. So I think that's been a constant journey for you and me as people, as individuals, as leaders, and then running an organization. So what I was like really curious, and I love all this, I think it'd be really good just to have an episode where you could tell them all the ridiculous things I've done because it's a re- reality check. I'm finally <laughs> learning how to face myself, Marvin. <laughs> Aren't I have, you excited? <laughs> like we're about to go on our annual pilgrimage to Salt Lake City for Sundance. Yeah, and I'm reminded of the time when you um, literally screamed at me for not having a plan for Valentine's Day when I first started dating my girlfriend. Oh yeah, we got in a fight in Salt Lake City. I forgot about that too. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then we went to Whole Foods to buy groceries. And then we moved on with our lives. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. <laughs> This is also why we needed to have... This is a day of reckoning for me. No, No, I got so upset at you because I asked you what you were going to do for Valentine's Day and you hadn't... What was your answer? I said... I don't don't think I had an answer. You didn't have an answer. And I was... No, I wasn't mad that you didn't have a plan. I was mad at how you answered me. (laughs) This is my fight with Kenji too. I think we talked about it on our fighting episode. It's like not mad at what you said, it's how you said it. I think I I said something to to the effect of like mind your own business. Yeah. And I was like, so you selectively... I talk about Christine when you want and then other times like I can't even like talk to you about it. I'm your friend. Like... I think I got really mad. What was I so upset about? Man, this is going to bother me now. Yeah, and then we had Thai food and went to Whole Foods. We did. Oh, we went to that nice Thai food place and sat in silence. I was so mad. (laughs) The truth is, guys, I can be such a terrible person. I was so angry. 
But my thing with you, Marm, this is our push-pull of our relationship. This is like part of the keeping on is that for me, I grew up learning that things are going to be difficult, but it just, what matters most is that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. So for me, part of me in a very sick, twisted way, perhaps I was like, Marvin's my ride or die. He's my friend and he's my (laughs) partner. We can be really honest with each other because I wanted, I yelled at you once for, to be more real with me. Mm -hmm. I was like, I knew you were upset with me and I got pissed at you that you weren't telling me. I'm pretty sure that was like, um, tell me if I'm wrong. Sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. It's probably happened multiple times. Because I was just like, Marv, like, I know you're upset. I didn't like the fact that you're kind of holding it in. Mm. And I was like, you, you can talk to me and we'll be okay. Like you can, you know, like we're partners. So you can, so it's kind of part of that. Keep For me, it was like the struggle. I didn't mind struggle. Even between you and me, we fought a lot or like disagreed on a lot. But I still felt like, no, I know that Marvin has my back. And so we're going to we're going to push through this, this, this uncomfortable, whatever, (laughs) because we have this greater mission in mind. And because I know that Marvin's smart and that he cares about it, that we're going to figure it out. So I still showed up, you know, I was like, I'm not going to quit and I'm not going to like tell (laughs) Marvin to go F off because he's valuable and I want him to. It's just weird how it came out. Again, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I think you're you connect to people in a very personal way like you the way you make friends like anywhere it's like it's you know you're you're able to like connect to people on the very um like raw i don't want to say authentic because that has different like connotations now but like very like real way right mm-hmm. um you. where like you're very affected by other people's emotions too and like the the vibes of the rooms and yeah. whatever <laughs> right yeah. um where i try to like stay more aloof usually um Mostly just because I don't want you know deal with shit, whatever. Um, <laughs> but deal you do, uh, <laughs> all in the compact, so, intensified form of Minji. <laughs> so I think there, there there was a time when you were like extra sensitive to like everything around you, and everything was affecting you. Mm-hmm. Like and, and and granted, like you know, you also like have a lot of life experiences that I don't have that you know really suck. Mm-hmm. So I I know like there's a um, there's electricity around you at all times and people can't help but get caught into that but then sometimes people get zapped <laughs> right <laughs> oh no so it is what i thought i'm a terror no 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 no, no. that's all my bad news <laughs> they, well yeah and i appreciate that i i it's i you you give me a lot of feedback that's i think that's the first time you've described me to me in all the years i've known you so that that was fun and I'm always open to hear your feedback this is what i literally fought with you i was like marvin just tell me what you think just be real um, but yeah, do you remember when that was or have any idea? Which, which one? The really extra sensitive time. I mean, it was probably, it was when you first moved to LA, I think. Oh, that was a, yeah. <laughs> and it was, I think it was a time when you were seeing people around you doing stuff that you wanted to do, mm. but you might've like just felt a little like stagnant and trapped a little bit yeah and you were also dating a lot and sometimes it went well and sometimes like you you know it didn't go so well this is why we have a podcast (laughs) (laughs) so we can so we can go through each (laughs) component i mean (laughs) marvin's do you know how many days i walk in to the office the collaboration office and marvin's just minding his own business 
just, you know, working on our website. I always knew when the guy wasn't texting you back. Oh, yeah. (laughs) or Yeah, there are so many variations of all of that. Marvin heard way more than he wanted to, too. I just like, he was like my uh, um, therapist. Yeah. Catch all. Thanks, Kenji. (laughs) The gratitude is real. It's, 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 you've stabilized the, um... (laughs) has he though? (laughs) You just haven't seen me every day in the office, Mark. No, he's, he's the lightning rod now. So no, (laughs) Kenji has, no, it's, it's, and this is, this is part of what I, again, the reckoning of Minji Chang this year has been like, so, hugely it's been a shift right all mm-hmm. the things that you're talking about like it's so real it's like a complete I, i've been so caught up in now that i it's funny to remember all that because that was such a it we was were, we were so, little babies we were little babies but i still feel like we kind of are even a little bit more grown yeah. but we figured out a way to deal with that and marv like i know that you like when we first started working together because i was like what 2013 i think so yeah you're like out of grad school and going through a lot of shifts and we were trying to like figure out with collaboration like what can we do to make this real how can we take this to the next level because we felt not just a desire and a drive but we felt a responsibility because yeah. we had such respect for people who came before us and so much vision for the people who were wanted to follow in whatever footsteps i think that's that's the right word like we i think me and you like we feel this responsibility for collaboration mm-hmm. that i think is above and beyond like sanity maybe (laughs) perhaps because what sane person would do all this or rationality or you know true you know like would you say that that's like been i want to hear like from your perspective on your journey too because i think you have such a wealth of information and experience too like yeah i have some certain traumas and things like that that are very colorful and and that were really hard um that have definitely made me who I am and deal with life and obstacles in the way maybe honestly what I'm realizing now is make things harder than they are because I'm used to things being difficult mm. you know what I mean like it becomes an MO that's what I'm really learning in terms of patterns this is what I learned about like toughing it out because I would look at things that were out of my control things that just happen and then I have to figure out how to deal with it and how mm. you deal with with challenges is very unique to each individual, right? Based on who you are, like your gender, your sexuality, your culture, you know, your geography, where, you know, whatever, your taste in music, all those things kind of piece together. This is how such and such deals with this. So I've also had enough time. I feel like I'm older. So I look, I have enough data to look back on and be like, what are the patterns that I see? What was the, well, how did I deal with that? Because in some cases I'm like, good job, Minge. That was like, you you took a breath you you didn't like deny your emotions you learned how to harness it and then you you know you acted upon what you thought was the best thing then there's others where i'm like oh why why you just made it 10 times worse than you needed to right so do you have like examples do you think about that when you think about all the challenges you've overcome i mean yeah i mean someone said this to me once um I forget who. It was a good friend. Sorry. Good friend. Such a good friend. Um, but, you know, when talking about the choices that you made in life, right, you can't go back and change them. Yeah. And there's no point in regretting it because those choices and those things that you did is what makes you who you are today. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the things I did in high school, the friends I made, the dumb things we did. Mm-hmm. Um being a part of collaboration, going to 
like traveling for collaboration has given me like has made me who I am today in terms of like how I think about not only Asian American representation, but what I want to do in life and what I want to create and what I want to work on. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you could go back and change things, but then you'd be a totally different person. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I could be a Wall Street bro right now and you would hate my guts. You know, would I I'd still <laughs> find a way to love you more? I feel like I think we could we could persevere i've i've learned to i would hate my guts if yeah, I, was I was gonna say i was like could you could you love you is the question that's what really matters no and i i think that's a very true way and it was interesting i was watching this like this ted talk on the way here to record with you about how we on the way while you're driving that's not safe i was listening to it marv i had the aux cable by the way i need to return it because i think it's yours but you also still have my pachinko I do. Yeah. I will give that back to you. It's on my books. I have so many things I need to give back to you. But I was listening to the TED Talk and it was and I'm not done with it yet, but it was really beautiful and it's about a man who's saying um, how the how the worst things in life that we go through help us make us who we are. But the way that he went about it, it wasn't some like touchy feely, you know, everything is wonderful and we just like we all have purpose. He was really being kind of objective about it. And very philosophical about how we assign meaning Mm -hmm. and how we forge meaning. We build it. We don't – it doesn't just come with meaning. You know what I mean? We have to figure that out and give it meaning so that we can say, you know what? This awful thing – you know, he was talking about all sorts of terrible experiences, rape victims, people – refugees, like people who survived the Holocaust. There are a lot of people who can then reflect on those those really horrific things and being like, no, I benefited because I learned this. I became more resilient. I became wiser. I became more passion- compassionate and passionate. I knew how to help others, blah, blah, blah. And he's just saying like those are choices that we make. And it was very empowering because he's saying you can also opt not to do that. You can also like go through these horrible things and be equally cynical. Right, you can just be yeah. like, "This sucks," and this happened, and life's a shambles. And to be honest, I've been kind of struggling with that. Like that was something I talked about when I found out my friend had passed away and he had committed suicide. It was one of my best friends, and I'm still like, I spent. To be honest, like I'm really great right now, but last week I was like crying every single day, and just dealing with a lot. And like my everyone around me has to deal with me dealing with that. Right, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of uh, it's a lot to struggle. And in that moment, you can be so like. Am I going to survive this? Is this going to, you know, I just personally, I was so angry and sad. I just didn't care. I was like, why try? Why bother? This is all stupid. And it's easy. It's a downward spiral. So anyway, that's just a tangent of like what I've been going through. But I feel like it is, it comes back to that idea of like, do you feel like you have conscious choice of that? Is that your MO? Do you feel like you are an optimist? Do you feel like you come to those conclusions easily or Cause I feel like I'm getting kind of more pessimistic as I get older. <laughs> I don't believe that because you still think you're going to eventually succeed. Right. And I think that's, that's the key. Do I? Like <laughs> I, I use cynical, but like to be honest, like I don't think I'm a cynical person. Yeah. I don't think you are because either. That's why it's I still, when you say it. <laughs> like I still believe in things. Yeah. You know, your actions um, speak otherwise, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, like I think, coming from my background like knowing how like like my background is like i'm i've always been a problem solver right so um like knowing how to problem solve also means knowing what things will work what things might not work what you know you have to like you have to 
you have to take into account all possible outcomes mm-hmm. and what you need to do to avoid most of the bad ones. Right. Well, how do you problem solve when you're feeling, when you get in that space, right? When the going gets tough. And you're a problem solver, right? And it, you are a closeted or whatever. <laughs> like I you are an optimist. <laughs> How do you get through that? I mean, I think part of it is like just needing to have faith in yourself. And like, I'm not a religious person, mm-hmm. um, but I do like believe that I want to say that I've been a good person, and I want to believe that being a good person will like open the doors to like good things happening, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing knowing people that like you like working with you believe in you yeah will lead to things working out um i mean i also believe that it's it's important to be active yeah right to not so not like, just to believing not, not, not be feel it i guess yeah i guess i'm more like i believe in being active as opposed to being passive this is where i feel like the I'm not getting more cynical maybe just becoming more realistic but i'm learning quickly that my optimism and my positive thinking, my ability to twist everything bad into something good has been both my friend and my enemy. Because to me, personally, when I'm looking back on some of the, like, yeah, the reckoning, just on recognizing patterns and, and certain key decisions that I think made a really big difference in my life, I could have afforded to be more pessimistic. Does that make sense? Like, I, I think it's more. I'm just trying to I, make I it work for me. Not pes- yeah. Like, I don't know if it's pessimism. I think it's just realistic. Yeah. Or, or just open to, like, Am understanding I, the way that, like, power and the world and society works, right? Because I think, um, as, <laughs> as your, you know, former lightning rod, um, <laughs> something that happens a lot, that happened a lot was, you have this optimistic view of things will work out, things will be great, and when they don't, you get you get really upset about it. Yeah, you it know, hurts. and it's like, well, I mean, well, what do you expect? Well, it's it's more like, well, it's ill pre- yeah. being ill prepared. Yeah, like not prepared for if it doesn't work out as well as you thought it would. Right, right, right. right. And I mean, the that's... dark side of optimism. <laughs> And that's that's yeah. very real, right? And so that's what I was like. Okay, so is it you're erring on the side of delusion? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's where, that's 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 the that's the collateral damage of like pure optimism is that you're not going to be prepared for the worst case scenario. And that there's you know you don't know what the data is of the likelihood that it's not going to go the way you're like envisioning it. Yeah, it's good to be visionary, whatever, and to dream big and all that stuff, which I felt always very challenged and stifled to do. So when I finally was like able to think bigger, <laughs> I just didn't want anything to like maybe, stop me from that. Maybe it's like a bear thing because like isn't that what's happened to Zuckerberg right now? Is realizing that he's built a monster and he can't come to terms with it. Marvin, we cannot control all of our innovations. Okay, <laughs> we just go forth and create. Elon, Mark, and I just didn't know <laughs> what we were doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, but yeah, that's I think. I mean, that energy is that energy is super inspiring too, but you know, I think there's got to be like, I th- and I think it's also part of being young and growing older is real like tempering expectations, right? There's this saying in like in any so client facing like businesses, you you under promise and over deliver, yes. right? You never over deliver, over promise, and then oh, how many times Marvin has said this to me. <laughs> And I'm just like, no, it's going to be spectacular. It's going to be great and amazing. And sometimes it is, yeah. but not always. Consistency is very important. 
No, you're totally right. Do you feel like, okay, so do you feel now that we're like, you know, grown and everything and so wise, do you feel like you have a better handle on challenging hardship or do you feel like you're worn out? Because personally, like I feel, you know, objectively, I do give myself credit for persevering, right? I've had endurance and I've made mistakes and then I've bounced back from mistakes and tried to, and you've done my best to be better. In some cases, I think I did. Do you feel like you've... Do you feel like, I mean, we're all just tired. This year's been so exhausting. I, th- I think enduring-wise, like, I feel like I can still endure. Mm-hmm. It's more, our lives have changed since, like, five years ago, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there comes a time when, and I don't know, may- maybe this is just, like, society's, like, like, a f- like pressure on us to be adults, Whatever that means. Whatever that means. But there are things that I need to have, mm-hmm. namely money, mm-hmm. health insurance, mm-hmm. things like that, yeah. that passion alone can't pay for. Yeah. And that's where I think that where a lot of us kind of find ourselves is how do we, how do we um, keep making, like, how do we keep just being able to justify what we do yeah you know it's easier when we're young because we're young you know yeah we don't have as much pressures yeah to like even like in terms of like close people in our lives mm-hmm. like we don't have like like you, you said yourself back then we mainly cared about ourselves yeah number one and then yeah like we start letting people into our lives start like expanding our like what we you mean they mean. infiltrated <laughs> and at some point like you need to be able to provide for the people close to you yeah you know? Yeah. That's not bad. I think we're because we believe in community and we believe that there are entities outside of ourselves and purposes larger than ourselves. I came from like a religious upbringing, but you know, I still believe that there's a higher purpose, right? And feeding and like contributing to that higher purpose makes me feel more like I've done something good in my life and it's mm-hmm. given me a lot of it gave me collab, you know, it gave me it gave me a lot of other things since I was young. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And yeah. and it's it is that proverbial thing of shifting from just being completely self driven to being there are other people who rely on me now. Like say that if you want to go forth and make a family, there are steps before you ever even enter that 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 existence to prepare for. Yeah. Like money. <laughs> and I mean, does this word even like allow for that anymore because i read a tweet this morning about like someone oh, talking about some someone talking about freelancing and how like they were commenting on articles saying more millennials are freelancers now it's the biggest like kind of you know career mm-hmm. and it's like yeah we're freelancers because you don't like we don't have stable jobs with you no know, good health insurance True. so companies would rather hire freelance because they don't have to provide as much you know human the resources, benefits right yeah well, that's just I feel like the ebb and flow of society. Again, if we if we if I feel like the more that I learn about history and economics and all that stuff, everything has its season. You know what I mean? And like that if again, if we're being positive about it, that's the thing. Those changes are what help the innovation continue that we're going to you know what I mean? Like you lack the the benefits and you lack the stability. What's the next generation going to want? They're going to want stability. They don't want to like be floating out in the stratosphere without any sort of anchor to, to I mean, sustain themselves yeah when we talk about ebb and flow like we the 90s were a time of like deregulation right under the bush administration under the clinton administration and that led to the housing crisis see i and, didn't even know that you're the one that teaches me on these things and now like we're we're well we're under you know 
orange man. Um, nothing's going to get regulated. He shall not, who shall but, not be named? I mean, if you take a look at, like, say, the video game industry, the journalist, the journalism industries right now, there is a lot of unionization coming going on. Yeah, like collective bargaining, like like labor rights are becoming a big deal again, and hasn't been a big deal since maybe like the seventies. It's and been 80s, like right? decades yeah. and decades. Yeah, yeah, which is what Normal Ray was. Yeah, Sally Field. Um, that's when it was last relevant. You yeah. know what I mean? They made a whole Oscar-winning movie about the yeah. union. Where, like our whole generation, it skipped us. Like we don't know anything about that because it wasn't important at the yeah. time. Yeah, because we, we're, we're coming to the time when because a lot of people are freelancing because there's a lot of movement of like labor, especially digital labor, right? Where you can be anywhere and yeah. work from anywhere. Like companies are valuing the labor less. Yeah. And so how do you how do you combat that by unionizing by demanding by like demanding rights yeah right and i'm learning this through now that i am an actor <laughs> the importance of being part of the union what benefits you get <sighs> okay and that's another tangent but these things that you're discussing and this is why i i I appreciate Marvin so much. He brings a lot of context into my life, a lot of information that I feel like I don't take the time to learn because I'm really occupied in, you know, the soul searching. <laughs> but they all they're all comprehensively they they make up our lives, right? And I personally think, and being the optimist here, even as as I mean, literally a couple days ago I was like arguing with my mother again. This is like our annual Christmas argument of why I'm not married and have but have children. Can you tell her you're like one step closer? Uh, no, Marv, <laughs> that's like creating hope. And that's again, start. That's just feeding the beast. Um, tell your, tell your brother to hurry up and have kids. So she has someone to take care of. That's uh, <laughs> get a dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> she literally told both of us that we owe her babies on Christmas. You owe her. Yeah. Yeah. We owe her. Um, I thought your little brother was the baby that you hold her. No, now he's in his 20s and has his girlfriend. So it's like now she's like keeping an eye on him. And I was like, I would not be surprised if he was the first one <laughs> to get married, like to have children. But anyway, it's like these these societal pressures, as much as they are obnoxious and they create a lot of turmoil for a lot of reasons. You know, I know that there are several people. This is like getting kind of dark, but there are several people, including my friend, who felt like they could not keep up with it and it and everyone self-medicates in their own way whether that's to get defensive and say like give the finger to society and give the finger to the man or whatever and kind of implode on yourself and and turn to whatever it is that can satisfy that temporary relief whether that's substances you know like i i personally feel like i got so self-absorbed with like with work to be honest, I threw myself in work and I lost myself in it. You saw that. You saw me crumble so many mm -hmm. times because I would be working and working and working without taking a step to breathe, to back up, to like remember why I'm doing this and then also think long term. Like what are the goals? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just kind of was on this wheel of like, no, I just got to I just got to keep going. I just got to go. And that to me, I feel like was a survival mech like i don't know what it was but yeah it was a, it was i remember thing. a time when we were going to every single event every yeah. night yeah and now we're like I, we, we cannot go to that yeah i know i go to like <laughs> a fraction you know and i'm still on the board and i still care and these are my friends but i felt this like need it wasn't like oh a responsibility i should go i'm the director of collaboration i need a network and blah blah, mm. blah. it was like no it was for my sense of self mm. like 
I had so much meaning tied to this role of executive director. And I think personally, there were many times where it went to an unhealthy place. And so again, everyone, it's like a self-medication. You're like, well, I'm being productive. I'm doing something that is benefiting my career. But what was the cost of that? It was honestly like my mental health and my happiness, my balance, my Your skin, uh, my skin. I broke out. I had massive hormonal acne. It was terrible. And then I was crying and complaining to Marvin every day and I'm ruining your mental <laughs> there's collateral damage there always is mm. so i just feel like but on the flip side i think those pressures it's like my positive take is like no pressure no diamonds yeah those things can be a way to cue us to get creative and to there has to be something if you're going to endure that you're enduring something you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's not you don't endure ice cream you enjoy ice cream yeah you endure a workout so that you can enjoy it. you know what i mean you have there's there's a balance of work and and pleasure some people really like working out i do too i i still love and hate it because mm-hmm. it's getting there that's so hard <laughs> it's starting right so i think like the societal pressures yeah they are they're there they're frustrating but i also think they serve a purpose and i think that's where we get challenged to like okay what do, what do you prioritize if it's money that's not a bad thing i actually had to learn how to be friends with money because mm-hmm. I had assigned this meaning to money that it was shallow and superficial and like that it's the root of all evil. This was like my super Bible thumping. I remember upbringing. this. Yeah. And I was like, I love money. It buys me things I need to live. It does. You know, it keeps <laughs> the Wi-Fi on <laughs> and it allows me to comfortably buy food without stressing about it and like order a boba if I want. And I think this was like, this was another one of our conflicts early on was like assigning like value to what we do yeah right because we were i I, there was a time when because you come from a very grassroots like um style of leadership style where like do it for the cause yeah and we're like i'm like why are we doing all this stuff for free (laughs) (laughs) we need to charge people yeah and you're right we should have but then it would have sent a different message Mm. so so we needed a branding well, we worked on that, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I, I'm saying this to you, Marv, specifically. I mean, whoever's out listen, listening, great. But for you and for me, we've endured a lot. I think we've learned a lot, and I think it's okay to be, be okay with the fact that we might have made a lot of mistakes along the way. Yeah, but I also know that like we may get like down the dumps, but I don't think either of us suffer from like mental health like depression or anything no so like we can't speak from that aspect like i don't know what that feels like to like be totally hope feel totally hopeless i've had moments of that right? so like even those moments are scary to be like somebody living in that day-to-day yeah I, you know i had depression i had prolonged depression in college mm. and that was a scary time and so i think when i get in that mode again mm. it it's very triggering i'm like Oh no, this, you know what I mean? Yeah. But those are good, but still, then you like my attitude of gratitude. Then you say, thank you, brain, for <laughs> signaling to me I'm not okay right now. And then you have to recalibrate. I mean, it's a constant recalibration, I feel like. You have to just be like, this is this is no longer acceptable. And I that's the importance of time. If you're you're under 30, get ready, y'all, because it's not gonna get easier. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I feel like so empowered after 30 because to me i feel like my values keep getting clearer and clearer because all of the stuff that i went through and maybe you are blessed and so mature and woke and lit and all that (laughs) that you already have that vision and understanding and self-awareness prior to 30 bless your heart i think it's amazing yeah i think most like 20 people most people in their 20s no offense 
do a lot of dumb stuff. Yeah. And that's kind of the luxury of being in your 20s. Yeah. It's all good. You know what I mean? I, mean, I, I wasn't like, yeah. I, like, Don't my, do it when my, you're 50. My early 20s, I was, I did some pretty, pretty, like, because not, not smart things. There's less at stake, see? <laughs> and this is what happens with just growth, right? And yeah. then your body starts falling apart. And you're like, I literally don't have the energy to do dumb stuff anymore. I know. And my health insurance doesn't cover it. So no. <laughs> it's it's a thing. Be careful. But I think, you know, we can't saying. go to both weekends of Coachella anymore. No, I cannot. Not even a whole weekend of Coachella. No, I cannot. <laughs> she may think she can. She no, I don't even it. think I can anymore. <laughs> See, I'm wiser now, Mark. I cannot. I will die. <laughs> I need like I don't know. I need like a camelback of Pedialyte or something. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's like the difference between like our first and second like Sundance too, or like our first second South by it's like the first one we're like totally like all in and then the second one's like oh, can we go home now yeah we're tired <laughs> we don't want to die tomorrow he's like minji's gonna get the flu she needs to lay down because that's what happened all the time yeah but uh, do you have any pearls of wisdom marv to like to our listeners i say to you i i just want to go on record to i apologize like 30 times on this episode <laughs> but i'm sorry <laughs> for being a jerk and not having myself in check and like making you have to endure me I mean, I'm pretty sure there were days when I took out my frustration on you, too. Yeah. So it was a two-way street. But it wasn't as, um, you didn't annihilate me as much. (laughs) It was more, like, frustrating. I don't think you annihilated me. I kind of... I explode. Yeah. But I'm also, like, very absorbent, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's good. This is why we work together. Our girlfriend contested this. Yeah. And I also said, you're welcome, Marv, because I prepared him for having a girlfriend. (laughs) All the moods. Okay? I learned about the cycles. Yeah, all the moods. But you benefit from like you benefit from our presence too, right? <laughs> He's like, yes, sure. I I appreciate the warning sometimes you would give. I did. I yeah. did warn you. I learned how to be more honest. I'm like, Marv, now's not the time. <laughs> we gonna die if you go there. Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry. But also, I appreciate. I thank you because you're able to be there for me. To absorb my explosions, but also like give me perspective and then reassure me and also just like help along with that work. And I think those are things that I really am taking into account in all this self reflection of this dumpster fire year. I keep this is just gonna be like 2018 is gonna be dumpster fire. I mean, it was a dumpster fire year, but also it's funny because for Asians and media, Uh it was a great year. It was fantastic. For like our future. You know, for like our, our our existential health, it was like there was a the lot going hell. on. Yeah, yeah, it's still going on. I mean, RBG's in the hospital. I I can't. It hurts. <laughs> like I literally want to give her my lung. I'm like, it's really young and healthy, and yeah. I, I don't smoke, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm like, I live in Los Angeles, so that might be like maybe I have some bad stuff in there, <laughs> but that's not my doing. It's my default. Yeah, it's. It's hard. It's been it's been rough. I mean, but there's also there's also silver lining. Like there is, I mean, the freshman Congress members have all been super inspiring. Yes, you know, I know. Like January gonna be crazy. Like Ocasio Cortez is probably a woman after your own heart, most likely. I love her. <laughs> I love her. She's wonderful. No, there's amazing people. There's a lot again, and that's what people I people are stepping up. Like, and people our age are stepping up, and that's great because. <laughs> There's like the whole thing with like the de- like the threat of deportation for like Vietnamese refugees, like people who came here because they don't have a country to go back to anymore. Yeah, right. Like all that stuff is like super like 
it sucks. And it sucks that people are so like, like it sucks to hear people not be upset about it. You know, I think it's hard. Well, it does suck. I agree. And then it also, when we step back, it's like, we're, we're all struggling our own struggle. To be honest, like I was so personally for me, I was so lost in my grief for my friend that it was hard for me to care about other things that are bigger in the grand scheme of things. For me, that was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Losing one of my best friends of 23 years. That was the heart. One I never thought I would have to deal with that. When it's a reality, you can get lost in your own despair. And that's what happens when you're you're the one facing your stressors. You're the one that has to deal with job insecurity. You're the one that's hearing the commentary from your family. You're the one that's like... In, stuck in traffic in a car that's breaking down and you don't know how you're going to make that next payment, right? And you're not even insured because you couldn't afford, you know, I've personally struggled with that. This has been the most financially taxing year for me, right? Since like I stepped down from a full-time job and I ha- not only that, but like didn't have the security of knowing where my next paycheck's coming. And I've never experienced that since I was 14 years old. It was a lot for me and I wasn't prepared. So it's like, it's hard because people are selfish and because we are dealing what we're dealing with and unless we are unless we find the ways to deal with it and survive and get out of that that negativity or that bad situation and come out on top it's hard to then address those bigger things mm-hmm. i don't want it like thinking of those babies in in cages you know along the like wrecked me seeing the photos it just made me sick i was like how do people do this to each other but then again, I'm thinking about car insurance the next moment because like that's the immediate crisis that I have to figure out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this cannot be my crusade right now. M- my car insurance is my crusade. And that's and that's where we're at. I feel like we have on one side our personal struggles, the things that are are calling our attention with dire urgency, right? Right in front of our face. And then on the other side, the people that really do care about making the world a better place, there's all these like terrible things happening. There's a lot at stake. And like, why are we working on all this? Why are we doing all this struggle right here in this immediate part of our universe so that we can make this bigger thing out here better? And there's no certainty of that. It's just like, it can be such a downward spiral. For for me, this year, more than any other time since I was like dealing with some really, really traumatic things as in college, it hasn't been this bad, to be honest. And that's why I wanted to just like... It's not to be a downer, but if there was anybody else, I've been hearing more and more people, maybe because I put out in the universe through my podcast, <laughs> but I don't think everyone listens to my podcast, but my friends have been increasingly more open. I think we're creating more space for us to be very real of like, hey, I know everything seems like it's going fine and that's all we get to see, highlight reels and uh, or people withdraw and isolate themselves, but it's been pretty rough for a lot of people and everyone that's hopefully at least at the very least, I'm learning how to be truly increasingly more compassionate i'm like i do not know what my friend marvin is going through and i'm gonna and part of it stresses me out because i'll project on all these people i'll be like everyone's doing fine and i'm just sitting here like not able to support myself what am i going to do how many people am i going to let down how am i going to deal with this and it just it ripple effects but like you're dealing with what you're dealing with i'm dealing with what i'm dealing with i no longer have you to go to every day in the <laughs> office to like unravel around so it's caused me to personally level up i think as an adult um so also you're welcome that you don't have to deal with me but <laughs> no i it, 
it goes to show that like I know that I've come a long way and that's why I thought you'd be such a great person. I know for sure you're the greatest person to have for this episode because you saw me at really hard times. I think I've seen you at some pretty hard times. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think I'm I also know that I'm very impressed by your perseverance. You have incredible endurance and we are problem solvers, both of us. We problem solve differently, <laughs> but we solve them problems. And do you have, do you feel, are you getting there? <laughs> do you feel right now that you're ready for the next year? Do you feel, do you think we're going to be better off? You can be totally honest. Um, I mean, personally, probably. That's good. Because, I mean, no one plans to be worse off. Yeah. You know? But if you um, don't step up, you could be totally worse off. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely things that I need to personally step up with. There are things... I think for me, it's just I need to ask for more. Yes. 100,000% agree. Yeah. But in terms of like... No, you're worth, Marvin. <laughs> but in terms of stuff that I'm excited about, I mean, there's things in the works that I'm excited about. Good. And things that will hopefully, you know, pay the bills. Yeah. And I don't know, I think for me, I know I can work to make my immediate community a better place. Mm -hmm. So I'll start with that. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, keep tabs on the greater Bigger picture, which you know could be better. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it won't you be. Have, it hope. won't be as big of a fire. It'll still be a fire. It still will be. Yeah, that's why I think we we had this year so that we could like brace ourselves. Yeah, and have a more realistic idea of like this is how it's really going down. Like, then, yeah, <laughs> it's. I can't believe it's only been two years. Yeah, but there's people that are like I don't want to blame it on. Trump and blah, blah blah. I was like, but it's all like not all. A lot of it is correlated to. I mean, you know what? I don't want to like the hellfire that go was back released. to that episode. I get it. No, yeah, we, yeah. we don't want to go back. Like, we don't want to like start a whole new conversation about this. But the fact is, it's not just him, but what he enables. Yes, right. Like, exactly. Like there are a lot of people taking advantage of the fact that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people who. I don't know how, but convince themselves that he's the best person. And there's just this delusions of grandeur. Like we're at a, we're, we are at a tipping point where we will have to decide what kind of country we want to be. I right? think the country slash world, because this is, this is the reality that I personally think could be for our benefit at the end of the day. If we choose, if we choose that we, this is a very tiny world. There are very many people and a lot of moving parts, but we are much closer to each other than we realize. We're learning that every freaking day. The interconnections between everybody and everything is getting more apparent. Yeah. I think the quicker we understand that and accept the responsibility of what our actions do in impacting that, the better. Not yeah. delusional, like not overly optimistic, <laughs> not overly cynical, but just be real. Like open, we got to open our eyes. This has been a very eye-opening year yeah. for me. And it's been refreshing to see the midterms where you see a lot more, I say young people, but people our age, I don't know if we're still considered young people. Oh my God, we're so um, young. 
um, but are stepping up being involved because like for the dem- democratic like nations around the world like that are all sliding towards authoritarianism in some form or another there's been a youth kind of backlash towards that right towards the you know conservative older people that let this happen yeah or, or who desire it right 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 accountability yeah i'm sorry i just like side note that that <laughs> the hearing the congressional hearing where they had the ceo of google <laughs> did you watch that no oh god we need people who understand how the internet works. Like, oh, is that the one word? <laughs> yeah. It's like, does this, does Google know if I, and again, bless her, I can't expect them to like, know. but if There's, you're going to interrogate uh, yeah. and try to ridicule somebody who's clearly smarter than you, you didn't do your homework. Or like trying to tell, ask Mark Zuckerberg how Facebook makes money. Oh and it's God. like, any idiot can tell you ads. Uh, it's like asking how television makes money like i don't anyway magazines i don't even think they know how television makes money. probably that's the problem like how you trying to represent people you don't understand how things work yeah anyway that's a whole other conversation but in any case marv i i appreciate you so as i've i've apologized but i also thank you (laughs) for being there for me for being there for this podcast uh really being there for me because like without you believing in me and then also helping me because you put in so much work to understand the podcast world i've learned so much from marvin like just having this passion and i'm really grateful because i feel like once you started collabcast and podcasting in general it gave you something to like really pour yourself into because you love it and you're really great at it so thank you podcasting for existing Um, and yeah, I mean, we have many more things, many more mountains to move. I think the biggest thing for me, reconciling the fact that I need to work on myself and then, you know, same for you. I really, I, I'm going to totally pull a minji. It's like, I told you so. I was like, Marvin, (laughs) you need to put your oxygen mask on first. (laughs) Um, but now we're both being pushed, I think, to really live that out. Yeah. And I think now that we are doing that because the stakes are higher, and now we we're not going to be suckers anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to do things with consciousness and good intentions, integrity, but also smart profitability. Because you need we need to live. You know what I mean. So you need to buy Christine Valentine's Day gifts. <laughs> By the way, what are you getting her? Oh, um, I don't know. You're gonna put that on here. I haven't thought about it yet. Okay, I will let that go. <laughs> Thank See, you. I've grown. You've grown as a person. I have Thank grown you. as a person. I wasn't prepared for another. <laughs> I was very, I was very calm. <laughs> Any closing remarks to the first of all listeners? Because you're the man behind. You're the man, the myth, the legend. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting Minji's Patreon, which also supports me. Yes, and... it does. Supports Marvin. <laughs> and you know, I'm. It's it's been it's been really great to see the community that you've been building with this podcast you know um and i think it's it's just gonna grow yes as is yours so this is where you get to plug all the stuff you're doing more because i've been hyping you up well you hype yourself up as minji mentioned i am the current managing director of collaboration which is a nonprofit organization that supports asian americans in the arts and entertainment um we do a lot of cool stuff like talent showcases conferences we'll be at sundance helping produce the apa filmmakers experience um so if you're at sundance please come say hi um uh i also work on a couple other podcasts yeah um i do a book club podcast called books and boba 
I do a storytelling podcast called Fresh Creatives. Um, I have a couple more shows in the works that I'm hopefully going to launch maybe early 2019. Um, for those of you missing Collabcast, um, we're rebranding as we speak and we'll hopefully have a, a relaunch in early 2019 as well. Yeah, we um, will. And... Um, where can people find you, Marvin? People can find me on Twitter at Marvin Yue, my name, M-A-R-V-I-N-Y-U-E-H. Um, I usually just retweet things that interest me. And the links to your podcasts. Yeah. So you can find all his info there. <laughs> um, and if you like food, you should follow him on Instagram because Marvin's a great food photographer. I, I owe it all to the Samsung S9 camera. <laughs> No, it's angles. You, you're the one who frames it, Mark. <laughs> and I don't know. At some point, maybe if Minji ever gets her script together, we can. Uh, oh yeah, uh, we'll produce a movie together. Hopefully. Yeah, Marvin's yeah. Marvin's guiding me. As, like multi- <laughs> I have great people in my camp. I, I'm continuing that journey. Side note: I don't think I updated anybody, but I didn't get into the Sundance Writing Fellowship. But keep on keeping on. Yeah. That is there are other fellowships. There are. And honestly, the fact that I got that far was like a miracle yeah. to me. I sent them my like first draft and <laughs> they saw something there. So it gave me like... Oh, and you have a script now. So I have a freaking feature film script. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week to the Keep On Keeping On. It was just basically getting to know Marvin and my relationship and how awful of a friend I can be. But also I think it was just a good time to take a real look at at the good and the bad and the ugly and also learn what we will from it and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think next year's an important <laughs> year. We will not say if it's going to, I think it's going to be amazing because I think there are enough good people to create good energy and momentum Yeah. to get people moving in a good direction. So I say be intentional, be conscious, be awake, be real, but be kind and watch a lot of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because that show gave me life. Okay. <laughs> Um, but like Marvin mentioned, thank you so much to my Patreon patrons. You guys help keep this podcast alive. If you would like to contribute to this podcast and keep me afloat and keep the Wi-Fi and Marvin on, um, go to patreon.com slash first of all podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Minjeezy, M-I-N-J-E-E-Z-Y and Twitter, except there's two extra E's there. Hmm. Um, yeah and if you'd like to get in contact with me you can email me at first of all pod at gmail.com thank you so much for those who've been direct dming me and all it's just so great to know that people listen and that it's a value to you so thank you you can find first of all on apple podcasts google play stitcher radio public and spotify mm-hmm. and anywhere else that you find podcasts thank you marvin for editing this and on um podcastpotluck.com and we're on potluckpodcast.com. I always give a shout out, but I, I never direct people to the website. So thank you. <laughs> potluck Podcast Collective. Pot, potluck? Podcastpotluck.com for the Potluck Podcast Collective. Okay, he said it. <laughs> so go to that website and you can check out other Asian American podcasters and storytellers. Um, and if people have other recommendations for awesome podcasts, I would really love to know. So feel free to you know tweet it to me. Or- Send Minji all your best horror podcasts. You're the worst. Why would she you? You truly do hate me. Um, we love each other. It's great. I hope you all have an amazing new year and be safe. Okay, but be joyful. Have a great time. Thank you, Takafina, for use of her song "Yellow Ranger." Love you, girl. And this is Minji and Marvin and Marvin closing it out for 2018. We out. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New year.